Our guest today is a composer who was recognized as the first artist to win a Grammy Award for music written for a video game. He's composed symphonic works, choral works, and scored music for film and video games, and collaborated with many artists including Long Long and Danny Elfman. He's got a new album, To Shiver the Sky, which is his major label debut with Decca Gold, and the first single, Sonia di Volere, or The Dream of Flight, is a new recording of the theme to the popular video game Civilization VI. We now welcome our guest composer Christopher Tin. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Kurt. So, To Shiver the Sky is more than an album that just contains a video game theme. It's an oratorio about the history of flight. You, you picked historical figures, such as astronomers and inventors, to help tell this story. What inspired you to draw upon flight in your composition? Well, I had written this piece, Sonia de Volare, for the video game Civilization VI. And when I composed that piece, um, I had actually taken the writings of Leonardo da Vinci about uh, building a flying machine. And those are his actual words are being used as the lyrics that are sung in that track. And the, the the piece was it did pretty well for me actually, and I, I I was thinking about ways that I could expand it into something much larger and grander, and the idea of just telling the entire history of flight um, from Da Vinci all the way up to putting a man on the moon really just resonated with me. And I began researching who were the key figures in aviation history, um, but more than just uh, pilots and inventors and astronomers and engineers, I really wanted to talk about the spiritual and philosophical aspects of achieving flight. I mean, you know what it meant to be up in the skies, to challenge the heavens, to be closer to God. I mean, all of these things really appeal to me as as the totality of mankind's vision of, of being amongst the stars. Mm -hmm. Something we can all aspire to or at least relate to. And The Dream of Flight is the choral setting of da Vinci's writings. Now, you use this theme throughout this album as kind of a motif. Can you tell us about how First of all, how you set da Vinci's text to a choral setting and also how that motif is used throughout this oratorio. Well, the words that I actually use from da Vinci, uh, there are a quote that goes, for once you have tasted flight, you will forever look at the sky because that is your home and that is where you belong. That is where you long to return. Sorry, I'm doing this from memory. Um, and when I was researching the entire history of flight, I, I, I was struck by the fact that so much of aviation history is about overcoming setbacks, right? And there are some very uh, high-profile, well-known disasters in aviation history, such as, for example, the Hindenburg disaster, which I do address on the album. And for me, it was all about how we as people bounce back from those setbacks, right? And this motif that I state in the opening movement in Sonia de Volare, it just served as the perfect way to just summon us back to the cockpit or get us back on our feet again. You know, after every catastrophic failure, we need something to pull us back and say, you know what, like, get back in that seat and push again harder, because that is essentially how we were able to achieve flight. We always just pushed and pushed and pushed ourselves. 
And when you speak of the uh, the trials and tribulations of learning to fly, and uh, in a lot of ways that can be related to learning to walk when it comes to humans, or actually learning to fly. Um, in your own compositions, do you feel that way when it comes to setting something to uh, either a choral setting or symphonic? Do you do you feel that trial and error where you feel like, oh, I need to get back in the cockpit after maybe this this didn't work or this setting didn't work? Well, I think I, I do. And in a certain way, that's that's human nature, isn't it? I mean, we we need to keep pushing ourselves. We need to keep challenging ourselves because once we're stagnant, we sort of lose that drive, right? And and I, I'm constantly trying to find ways to improve my own composition uh, process, my own writing. Um, some of it succeeds, some of it fails. I mean, some albums that I release, for example, do well, some don't. Some things, some chances I take fall flat on their face and, and some resonate really well. I mean, it's all just a, a trial and error, right? But the important thing is, you know, we humans, we thrive on a vision that we aspire to, you know, it's, it's, it's important that we have like a goal to push towards. And I mean, that was really the, the, the basis for the very last movement of the album, which is a setting of John F. Kennedy's, we choose to go to the moon speech. Um, this was one of these historical moments where an American president said to the nation, you know what, we're going to do this thing that we've never done before. It's crazy. We're going to leave the earth. We're going to land a man on the return, on the moon and return him safely. By the way, we have no idea how we're going to do this, but we're going to do it before the end of the decade, right? That that was an amazing moment. That takes amazing vision, and it takes buy-in from the American public to do that. And that was just so inspirational to me, you know, that we could as a nation, pull together and achieve something that no one had ever imagined possible. I mean, what a moment that was. And I look forward to that day when we as a country can be that people that can do the great things. You know, we can be united behind a purpose and, and just overcome an obstacle that's just monumental that we have no idea how to overcome. But just by pulling together and unifying as a country, we can do that. And, and I hope those days are ahead of us. Absolutely. And you sort of answered my next question. Um, you utilize the different figures in the history of flight and in American history and world history to flesh out the story of this oratorio, like you mentioned JFK and uh, Leonardo da Vinci. How did these figures' stories help take a listener through the experience of the album To Shiver the Sky? Well, one of the things I really wanted to do with this album was not just tell the story of aviation uh, in terms of the the pilots and the astronauts and the engineers and, and, you know, figures like JFK, but I also wanted to talk about the spiritual and philosophical aspects of being in the sky and being amongst the stars and being closer to God, right? These were all very important to me. Um, and that's why the oratorio essentially starts in antiquity. I mean, uh, it starts with the, the Leonardo da Vinci setting, but it also uh, tells the story of Daedalus and Icarus, right? One of the very first legends of, of a man strapping wings onto himself and his son and trying to take to the skies. And in telling the story, starting all the way from antiquity, moving through the, the centuries up until the present day, 
I, I also wanted to tell it with sort of the natural evolution of classical music across the set, centuries, right? So the early movements sound very um, medieval and, and, and have maybe like a, a classical and Baroque influence. And later on, when I set the words of Jules Verne, we, we have more of a, a French impressionistic influence. And then when we get to uh, the Ferdinand von Zeppelin, you know, we have a, a, a more sort of like a, a, a martial interwar sort of sound, you know, just the dawn of the modern era. Era, right until we get up into uh, JFK's moon landing speech, where we have a very sort of a very American uh, Copeland esque, but also um, you know film music esque uh, completion to the oratorio. I mean, I wanted to sort of tell the story through the evolution of classical music in a way. Right, and it's great that you've got a kind of a template for telling that tale throughout those different movements. Uh, to focus on different uh, genres and periods of classical music along the way. But at the same time, it's pretty ambitious. And uh, I'm sure that was, again, part of your your trial and error and coming back to the trial to say, here's where we're at, here's where we're going to go with these different movements. It's a great way to take a listener through uh, a great survey of all the kind of classical music offerings that's out there. And perhaps it'll be uh, an entry point for uh, new listeners to classical music. Our guest, by the way, is uh, composer Christopher Tin. We're talking about his Decca Gold debut album called To Shiver the Sky. And I wanted to mention that you've signed to Decca Gold. This is your debut album with them. How did you come upon this opportunity with them? Well, about a year and a half ago, I signed with a new management team, Claire Long and Meg Davies, based out of London. Um, and their company, Music Productions, they, they've been in the business for a long, long time. Um, and they encouraged me to have meetings with Universal and, and talk to the classical team. And, you know, ultimately we had a few meetings. We all got along very well. And we decided that we wanted to try working together. And To Shiver the Sky is obviously our first joint collaboration. Um, it's been amazing so far, I have to say. I mean, the, the DECA team has been amazing to work with. Um, it's quite a different experience being on a major label than releasing albums independently. But it's, it's certainly a thrill. Wonderful. And congratulations on that, by the way. Um, along with uh, being signed to a major label, you've also released music during this pesky COVID-19 pandemic, which is continually upending the performance world, you know, the arts world and everyone's daily lives in general. Uh, what do you see happening with like live performances, uh, this trend towards live streams? And, and do you have any other plans or ideas moving forward in that regard? Well, I, like many other people, had a number of concerts canceled, including the world premiere concert of To Shiver the Sky, which was to be put on by Washington Performing Arts and, uh, you know, featuring the U.S. Air Force Band, actually. Um, I certainly hope that live music comes back in uh, a live form. I mean, right now we're in this world where all of us are trying to stretch the limits of technology to create things that are almost live. Uh, but really, there is nothing sonically like being in that room, you know, especially my my seat on the podium. I mean, th there is no more beautiful and amazing sound than being in front of an orchestra and a choir and, and just hearing the, you know, the, the sound waves bounce off the walls in the concert hall. That is something that will never actually be replaced. I mean, I hope that all of these storied classical institutions, whether they're symphony orchestras or opera companies, ballet companies, you know, I hope that they they survive this. I mean, I hope that we as a people find a way to f to fund them, to to buy up 
subscriptions and tickets the moment, you know, we can all kind of go back to the concert halls. I mean, this is, uh, it's it's part of our history as, as a species, right? Uh, as a civilization, our, our, our musical heritage, it can't be lost. It absolutely cannot be lost. And, you know, to the extent that my music might bring in a few listeners from, say, non-traditional markets like the video game world, for example, or the film and TV world, you know, I do want to do my best to try to put people in those seats in those concert halls and and I think I think everyone uh, from the creator standpoint is is unified in that message you know we can't wait for music to get back we're gonna do our best to make it come back and 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 thrive post covid absolutely and I hope that we're all uh, able to get back to the way we once were and we can learn from all these uh, trials and errors and also uh, along with that we can take in some music the best ways that we can now safely uh, and especially enjoy the music of Christopher Tin here his newest album To Shiver the Sky is available now from Decca Gold. Uh, Christopher is there uh, a way that people can uh, find you online? I'm sure there's lots of online and social media outlets that people could look into your music. Yeah, um, I mean, my website, www.christophertin.com, is a great place to start. I'm on basically every social media platform daily talking about things, sharing aspects of a composer's life. Um, I'm anywhere you can listen to music from all the streaming services to all the, the, you know, the, the physical sales platforms. I mean, basically, my music is everywhere, and I have Decca to thank for that. Wonderful. And is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with today, either about your release or any projects coming up? I am working on another project. It's still very early stages, but I'll probably do a, do a, a crowdfunding campaign to get that off the ground. I, I do want to explore um, some themes that are important to me. Uh, conservation um, and, and, and climate change and the environment and things like that. That's kind of an important thing to me. And I, I'm working on a, um, I'm going to call it a, a requiem mass for the extinction of animal species. I don't quite have the title of it yet, but it's going to do with birds and the loss of, of bird species and the ways that we memorialize them and honor their their legacy and, and, and you know, the lost beauty that has, has unfortunately left us. So that's my next project. Stay tuned for that. Well, our guest Christopher Tin and his newest album, To Shiver the Sky, is out now from Decca Gold. Christopher, it's been a pleasure to talk to you about this album and about your process. So thank you for being with us, and I wish you safety and good health. Thank you so much, Kurt. It's been an honor. The Class Eclectic Connection is a production of Public Radio 90 WNMU-FM Marquette, a service of Northern Michigan University. You can listen online at wnmufm.org or subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host and producer, Kurt Hosworth. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.